Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of G- Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. You know, one of the things that I really dislike about um, about the state of Christianity in my environment right now, and pardon me, I may be a bit jaded in what I'm about to say, so let me just put a disclaimer out there. But it seems to be, you know, I, I don't think it is all that jaded because I keep, I'm actually looking to be proven wrong and I, I go out of my way to try to be proven wrong. And of course, this is territory that I'm very familiar with, so I'm not talking as an outsider, but I'm speaking as an insider. And um, I just see that there's a big gap between what God says in the Bible and how Jesus, the apostles, described the work of Christianity and the work of God in the life of a believer and what we are doing today. In fact, for me, I think anybody that comes to Christ, the reason why you come to Christ is because you want to live differently. That's the whole idea. I mean, it's like, really, anybody that joins a religious group or whatever is because there's a difference because if not you will not live where you are and go there so the reason why you 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 join a let's just even assume we're saying a sect of any kind is because you see something that you believe is different from the mainstream of how things are done and you think that this is something that is worth being a part of and then you want to be like that so you 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 don't now get there and see them doing the same thing that the place that you were living was doing. <laughs> because you might as well go back there. So for me, and I understand that um, Christianity is a journey. We, I mean, we're not going to, we don't start off with perfection and we grow into perfection. But at least let us be teaching what perfection should be like. So I'm not even talking about so much about applying everything or practicing everything or demonstrating everything but at least let the teaching be sound let the teaching be follow the tenets of the bible and the new testament is there it's so clear jesus spent a lot of time you know sharing parables and teaching about the kingdom and how what the behaviors of the kingdom are like what the attributes of the kingdom is like what the principles of the kingdom are what the values the belief systems of the kingdom he talked about love, he talked about kindness, love your neighbor, you know, love your heart, with, uh, love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. He talked about the parable of the sower, you know, um, making sure you sow the word into your heart. He talked about keeping ourselves from the evil that is in the world. He talked about, you know, um, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, pray for them that de- um, despitefully use and persecute you. You know, he talked about being perfect, like your father in heaven is perfect. He talked about, he, he spoke against hypocrisy. You know, he spoke, he, he talked, he talked about prayer. He talked about the fact that you know there'll be persecution in this world, but that he has overcome. He talked about worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. I mean, in all the gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus was teaching. He taught and he taught and he taught. And God bless all those scribes and apostles that wrote down those sermons and made it possible for us and hid them and preserved them and made it possible for us to have them today. The teachings of Jesus are there. And you know, one thing I 
I like about Jesus and I I know that even if I was born in the time of Jesus I would have followed him why because his words light a fire in my heart there's no time I read any statement that Jesus made that I don't stop you know as in it stops me in my tracks it makes me think it makes me want to do more Literally, it, wants me to, it makes me feel like I should just leave everything I'm doing and just go out and be doing Jesus' work. So I understand why the disciples left all and followed him because that's really how the Bible, till today, I still have that feeling. In fact, a part of me feels like I shouldn't even be living a normal life, you know. I feel like I should just be like, you know what, because I, I'm, I'm, I find that it's so difficult to do the things of God and also do life. So I, I really get it, why those the apostles just left it because it's very tough to try to mix the two till today i still don't understand no i still don't have the right i think some people are able to you know put the balance but i find that most of the time i'm either leaning too much into my secular life or not leaning enough into christ's life so i, I think what i'm also learning now is now let me just bring christ even into that secular life so that let my work be my ministry for me i think that's like the only thing i can do because otherwise the time for god is or, or the things of god in quotes is very limited so where i find myself moving now for because all my life i've been waiting for that ministry that god is calling me to that is you know that i feel may you know can use the gifts that i know that he has given me but i'm beginning to realize that maybe it is just me carrying jesus everywhere i go I'm bringing him in into, into everything by my behavior, by my action. First of all, making everybody know that I'm a Christian, I'm a born-again Christian, and then living it out in every aspect of my life. Maybe, you know, I'm still like I, I still don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I keep on getting the feeling like there's a whole lot. If I'm not even feeling, I know that whatever it is I'm doing is not enough. I just know that. Because when I read the Bible, there's an urgency in the scriptures that I am missing in my life. And there's a focus, there's a direction that I see in the scriptures that is also missing in the way in which things are being practiced around us. I mean, I spoke to one dear sister very recently and she told me how, I mean, this is somebody going through unimaginable life challenges. The kind of challenge that honestly would have killed a lot of people. I don't even know if I could have survived what she has gone through. To me, she's just a living, walking testimony of how God can strengthen human beings through tremendous adversity. But God, you know how God is, his own very funny way of doing things. In that adversity, he has turned her into a powerful minister of God. From somebody who was living her life focused, I mean, living the life like all of us would do. God has turned that pain into purpose. And now she was telling me about how this year she decided that she was going to spend all her time praying for others. She talked about three categories of people she was going to pray for. People all around the world. Um, children. You know, I was stunned. Because she has a living, she has every reason to spend every waking moment praying for her herself. Nobody would blame her if she never opens her mouth to pray for anybody again. I was, in fact, I was ashamed of myself when she said it because I don't have that. I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing that. Yes, I do pray. I mean, I pray, I, I keep praying. I say, God, have mercy upon Nigeria because then there's a lot going on. I pray for the people going through 
persecution in northern Nigeria and all that. But I'm not praying enough. And I'm definitely not, they're not, I'm not making them like my top three, like she has. Even when she has a, a situation, do you understand? That if, if it was possible for you to commission 25 people to be praying round the clock from January to December, you would do it. But rather, and you know that's the way God works. Because it is when you take your eyes off your own situation and you walk in love that the power of God arises in you. So I want to surround myself with people like this. And unfortunately, it is difficult to find a body of believers like this. Most of the people around me, and again, let me say, this is, this is more typical of Southern Nigerian Christians. Northern Nigerian Christians, they are biblical, New Testament, apostolic Christians, early church Christians. The devil has not been able to shake them with persecution, with martyrdom. Many of them have been tormented, killed, persecuted, tortured, beaten, always under the threat of, of death, attacked viciously, houses burnt, killed, raped, as in there's nothing they have not seen. Because they have refused to renounce Jesus. And of course, I I recognize, I, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I realize why the persecution against them is so strong because the devil has also realized that he can't use money to tempt them because they are, they are very simple people, Northern Nigerians. Those from the Middle Belt part of Nigeria, let me specify, Northern Nigerian Christians. They don't need a lot of money. They are farmers. So, you know, they have enough to eat. And there, there are people who believe in, they don't believe in consumption like those of us from the South. Those of us in the South, we are raised in, as in, we're so materialistic. But these people, they understand that concept of you eat to live, you don't live to eat, you know. So they're not very consumption heavy. So they're not the kind of, and they're very content with very little. You know, they're like old school, you know, the, kind, the, way, the way traditional life used to be, they haven't lost it. And everybody is, you know, watches out for their neighbor, community, values, you know, they, they, everything, you know. They're not transactional at all in their relationships. But in the south, in the southern part of Nigeria, we are the exact opposite of all of that. We are materialistic, we are selfish, we are greedy. We do not love one another. We are very individualistic. We are capitalist to the core. We would rather... You know, we would rather be prosperous at the expense of everybody else like around us. If if God was to give us a choice between us being rich and others being poor and everybody being poor, we would gladly take being rich and everybody else being poor. As, and I mean Christians, I'm not talking about non-Christians. We, 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 we worship God with our mouth, but our heart is far from Him. We cannot conceive a life that is devoid of material success. In fact, everything that we do from every waking moment, even the things that we do, in quotes, for God, the, the underlying motive is that God will repay us back. We are not at all envisaging a moment or a situation or a context or a scenario where God is not going to pay us back. And the payback that we want is not even spiritual payback. We are looking for material, naira, and cobalt, dollars and pounds payback. It is the, in fact, we are in Babylon. And this Babylon is not even Babylon in Babylon. It's Babylon in the church. 
So, I find that so, you know, and it's very discouraging when, you know, it's very difficult for me to motivate myself. So, even when people, like, sometimes they invite me to certain prayer groups, it's very difficult for me to function there, you know. And I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think I should just, I really need to just remove myself from certain services because, you know, what they want out of the work with God is different from what I want. For me, I right now, honestly, like I was telling somebody, I, I mean, I have needs, I have financial needs, and there are things that I want God to do for me. But I know He's going to take care of me because we have a covenant relationship, and He knows, you know, once I may not get needs, He will supply. You know that that's we are good with that because God, I mean, do you understand? We, that's me and Him. We've we've passed that level. But for me now, I am even ashamed that I have so much and people around me don't have anything. It's a, it's a major source of concern for me. And I know that the solution is not just to start, you know, like, okay, well, you can give as much as you want, but that's not really, that's not really the solution. Well, I think, I think it's a good starting point, which I'm, you know, one is already doing, but even if I give away everything, it still would not change how bad things are. And it's when you get into some of this thing that you realize that even in the giving away, you have to think about, okay, who am I going to give? How, what, there's, you know, and where is the intervention most needed? Where can it have the most impact? Because at the end of the day, you want to help, but you also want the help to be to be meaningful and impactful. Do you understand what I'm saying? And many times also, it's really, in fact, there's just a lot. There's just a lot. So I think what I'm currently trying to do, anyway, so let me be fine. I don't want to digress off into that. So it's just, what I'm trying to say is that I, we live in a world, in a society right now where there's a lot of need. There's spiritual need, there's emotional need. Now would have been a good call to action for Christians to really go out and show the world who Christ is and what he can do. And this was the way we used to do in those days. But now Christians go to church and all we're doing is praying for ourselves. The same thing that people, as we, we, as though as though we're asking God to send Jesus a second time, or as though, I mean, I just don't get it. And the pastors and the leaders are, are, are encouraging this. We're forever begging God as though he's far we gather together to pray and pray and pray and pray. 80% of the prayer is for ourselves or perhaps for the church itself. We are not praying for... I mean, while the world is suffocating everybody. There's just something very wrong. And I don't even see people being um, developed to cope with the evil in the world. You know, so for me, I don't even mind if you are ministering to believers. That's That's okay. Because Jesus said we should teach men to, to observe everything that he has commanded. So that includes the disciples. So disciples too need to be ministered to. So good. Teach us how to withstand and overcome the evil. In the world out there, teach us how to be courageous in our office and speak up for the truth. Teach us how to be able to be our brother's keeper. Teach us how to be able to live above sin. Teach us how to be the examples of righteousness and holiness in our office. Teach us to know that lying, stealing, and killing is, a, is, is, is wrong. 
and that we should be ethical in our profession. We shouldn't try to cheat our clients. We shouldn't take on jobs, represent killers and murderers, and, you know, perpetuate evil. As policemen, we should not be corrupt. As lawyers, we shouldn't be liars and thieves and manipulate. As judges, we shouldn't seek to manipulate justice and uphold unjust um, justice. We shouldn't try to rig elections. Do you understand what I'm saying? And most importantly, we should not be platforming evil politicians in our churches, desecrating the house of God and the temple of God. It's a disgrace all that is going on. To be honest, I, 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 you know, you know how there are certain you can have a friend or a member of a family and you are very close to them, and then there's a way they change their lifestyle. You, you don't even want to be associated with them. You, you know, you know, you know that kind of thing. And it's not that you are saying that you are perfect, but you are saying. I'm not perfect, and but, but whatever it is that is going on in your right um, your life right now, I don't want to be a part of it. And it's not because I'm judging you; it's for my own self-preservation. I just don't want to be a part of it because you are putting you whatever you. I don't represent you know what you're representing. And honestly, that's how I feel right now about a lot of the churches around us, and I'm really really looking for a. I mean, I said to somebody today that I oh, I wish I was living in northern Nigeria. Because at least we will come to church. We'll be talking about Jesus. We'll be talking about the kingdom work. I mean, there was one message I listened to on... I saw on social media, I clip Pastor Sarah in Abuja Church. Those are the kind of messages I want to hear. Now, she was talking about how the world system is... You know, the nature of the world system, the evil in the world system, and how it's rigged against Christians... And that Christians should not expect that if you're a Christian and you are standing really on the word of God, you will be persecuted. You will not get your promotions on time. I mean, sure, these are things that we know. And, you know, but this other, this, our own southern Nigerian pastors will be teaching you as if, I, I don't even get it. It's not possible. If you're a Christian, you'll be persecuted. You will suffer. She actually went as far as said, if you're a Christian and you're not being persecuted, you're not experiencing any suffering, you are most likely you are compromising. Check, check your life. And it's the truth. It's the truth. Ha. Huh. I've been in the workplace for about over 30 years. Yes. When you don't play ball, you are persecuted. They don't have to come and hit your head on it. They pass you over for things that things they do not give you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that you cannot pray and God will not bring you there. But you will have suffered that persecution first. Well, well. And if you do not compromise, God can and will still promote you. But it will, that delay will have set in. There are things, opportunities you will miss. Because the, the system is the war, is the devil's system. Do you understand? The Bible, Jesus himself described the devil as the prince of the world. And that did not change after Jesus died and went to heaven. Because even after Jesus' death, the apostles still described Satan as the god of this world, small g, in Corinthians. And that's because Jesus did not destroy death and hell. As in, he didn't bring death to an hell. And... In fact, this, this, what I'm saying now, they thought, I mean, was emphasized very strongly in seminary. That's another thing they don't teach us. They don't teach us in um, our churches that the kingdom of God has been in, in, inaugurated, but is yet to be fully consummated. And we are in the interim period where we still have to live in this 
um, situation where the Satan is still the small god of this world. He's still running things under his system, still has power over the systems, but that we're now expected to use the power of Jesus and the word of God to confront him, to resist his evil, and to overcome it in a contentious battle that will be difficult, that will be challenging, that will cost us a lot, and some people may even lose their lives on it because of it. Whereas if the kingdom of God was consummated fully, 100%, Satan will have been locked up. He will be completely powerless. Sickness will be gone. Physical mortality, death will be gone. Spiritual death will be gone. The fact that all those things still exist, that torment, turmoil, sickness, you know, do you understand? It shows you that what we have received is an interim solution pending the final solution when Jesus returns. So it's almost like we're in a, and it doesn't, this doesn't affect our salvation as Christians, but it affects, I mean, our spiritual salvation, but it affects how we are able to change the course of, how we're able to impact the world with the light of God while we're here. So what I'm trying to say is that, and I think we all know this, but you know, it's important that I just want to say this. The darkness is still here. We're not in heaven yet. I see Southern Nigerian Christians and pastors and churches are behaving as if we're in heaven. We're not in heaven. In fact, we're in the opposite of heaven. Sometimes I even feel like this place feels like hell. We're not in heaven. A place where children are, are, can be raped and the, the rapist to go free. What's heavenly about this place? Where people who speak up against evil are the ones that are persecuted. But murderers rapist killers walking freely in fact when justice comes it comes to only a few but persecution but people who do the right things are always persecuted if you notice look at the percentage most rapists will have raped like god knows how many times before if at all they will ever get caught many rapists never get caught many will never in fact Many are not even reported. So, the fraction of those who eventually get to justice is so minuscule compared to the crimes that they have committed and the number of other crimes that have gone undetected, unreported, and you know. But, so let us assume that those people who are lawfully incarcerated, and that's another thing, there are a lot of people who are unlawfully incarcerated. So, but people who actually did the right thing will never escape the judge the, the the persecution for that doing the right and i mean both whether christians or non-christians so you find out that in this world it is actually easier to do the wrong thing if you want short-term games and reward and you don't really care you you will get the reward cheat and you will get the reward you know still game the system you you understand the system rewards you with it eventually because the devil is a sadistic person he will also you know you will end up becoming hubris will enter and somehow you make a mistake and you get caught. Although many times some people don't get caught. But somehow there will, there, you know, there will be something. Because the devil is just sadistic like that because he also likes to raise people up and then watch them crash, you know, and then make, you know. So so that sometimes happens. Some people, maybe death takes them before them. Some others, we, we don't know what really happens. But what I'm saying is that while wickedness doesn't always come to justice, righteousness is always punished in this world. 
And these are things that they don't tell us in church. But the Bible, Jesus said, in this world, we have tribulation. He, Jesus did not even, I love him because he didn't even sugarcoat the truth. So he made it very clear. In fact, he even told some of the disciples, he said, look, you know, count the cost before you follow me. He said, anybody that cannot take up his cross and deny himself every day, you cannot follow me. Please tell me, where is the denial in the Christianity that we are preaching now? Where is the cross carrying? Where is the daily dying? When all we are talking about is Abraham's blessings are mine, that's all we want. Whereas we're not under um, whatever they think Abraham's blessings are. Even though I know that, yes, we are under the Abrahamic covenant. But it is Christ that is our entry point, not, not Abraham according to the birth. And with Christ comes a cost. That cost was not laid on the Old Testament Christians. Neither was it laid on Abraham. This is a cost that is laid in Christ. So, I, 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 well, God should just help me because I don't want to go to heaven or leave this earth in this state that I am currently in. Because I know, I know that my Christianity is, I know I'm a selfish Christian. Do you understand? I don't think I was always like this, but I think over time, you know, by the time the whole prosperity thing got traction, I was in the churches and, you know, I, it just all got twisted. So, my, my, my mindset is, I know, I can, you know, it's like somebody that has, um, unusual sexual habits. Do you understand? And you are self-aware enough to know that this is wrong. Then you are now trying to go through recovery or you are a drug addict. You know that it's wrong. Do you understand? And you know, uh-huh. so you are on recovery. That, that's, that's how I am. I know that I am not... I, I know because I still see myself being selfish, even despite the fact that I do all these musings. I'm not doing half of what I am musing about here. I'm still living this life of self-preservation. I'm still very focused on myself, my family, and the things that matter to me. I am doing some good works, but am, am I doing... I'm not anywhere near doing what I should be doing. But then, because I know that I'm better than... As in, do you understand what I'm saying? At least, because where I am, I feel like I'm better. So, I'm almost praying that God... <laughs> and I'm about to say something very... You know, I'm almost praying that let there be... No, I, let me not pray that kind of prayer. But, but I don't know. Why must... You know, because... I I just want to be in a... In fact, I, 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 I wrote... Before I recorded this, I wrote to this lady. I said, you know what? I wish I was living in northern... In the Middle Belt in northern Nigeria. I said, even though I know there's persecution and there's a lot. I said, because then at least we know who the enemy is. And then we can you know, you can take a position and then all of us are living with a sense of urgency and a sense of emission. And every day is counting. And you know that, you know, you are on the right side of, of spiritual history. This La- Laodicean church, neither hot nor cold, church activity, Christ- churchianity, business, gathering prayer meetings to pray for people's problems and what of that. Because at the end of the day, as in when I get before God, is God going to be asking me how many exams did I pass? How you know how well did I raise my children? And you know, He's going to be asking me about the souls of men. And most of what He's going to be asking me about are for what I did for people who I am not related to. 
for what I did for my family members, which is what all of us are also concerned about. I think actually, now that I think about it, that's probably the biggest sign of Christianity is when you are doing more for the people that cannot pay you back or are not tied to you biologically than you are doing for the people that you are respond that are your you know family. Because really, that was, that was what Jesus, when you look at Jesus, the apostles, they were. <laughs> I mean, Jesus was all all out anyway. The apostles, that you know. They were. They had. In fact, they had. Their family had become the family of God. I'm still trying to figure this out. You know, as, as you can see, I have no answer. So, if some of what I'm saying, take it with a pinch of salt because this is still the music. But this is me just questioning myself. Shall are you doing enough? And I think I can say it clearly. No, you are not. And as I realize this now, this is why I need to do these musings because it makes me think deeply about myself because otherwise you just cause and you know for people like me because i'm living a morally pure in quotes life you, do you understand it's very easy for me to think that i am i'm a good christian because i'm really not do you understand and to be honest i i mean god bears me witness i don't steal i mean i don't you know there are certain things i'm not exposed to any anymore so it's it's it's, it's very there's a tendency for me to be reveling in that and saying well actually well, i'm good you know like that um pharisee you know that jesus talks about that when he went into prayer he was like oh thank god that i'm, I'm, better, I'm better than my brother who do, i'm better than that person who, who doesn't do this who does this who does that you know and everything whereas the other person was more conscious of oh god forgive me i'm missing and all that so there's a tendency for me to because i would say i i mean i live in a society where people are lying people are stating people are you know and to the glory of god I don't have that kind of that's not my testimony i i can account for every penny that i have there's a legal audit trail there's nothing that i have that i cannot disclose before any court of law that is not justifiable that is not independently verifiable not one thing and i'm honest i try to be honest in all my dealings god helping me do you understand so in a society where honesty is is um is absent so that one alone makes me make is enough to make me feel like a shining light because even the pastors are dishonest. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody is a liar. People collect money on false pretenses. They're insincere. They're not transparent. They cannot justify how they got their money. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you live in that kind of setting and you are not doing that, it makes you feel that like you are so good. Whereas that is the basics, as in really, even people who are not Christians are not supposed are not like that. So that's the challenge. So you are not even motivated to even be more, to do more than that because already, even at that very low level of morality, you are so you are better than the majority of people around you. It's a terrible thing we are faced with here. In fact, what I'm just saying, I'm just real. I, is this is the Holy Spirit that just made me talk about this because this is real psychoanalysis happening here. I've never thought of it this way. That's really the issue. The bar has been so lowered that now what is fundamental Christ as in the basics, I mean, if, if you are talking Christianity level one, level two, level three, level like five levels, where the apostle level is like the fifth, the lowest level, level one, if you are able to just that basic level of you don't lie, you don't steal. I mean, stealing, you are better than 95% of people in the in northern nigerian christian circles because people don't even on the concept of do not take what does not belong to you 
and, and don't collect money on false pretenses, which is all part of stealing, it is lost in translation. Then covetousness, you know, all those things. Do not covet. Ah, the level of oh father. The level of covetousness. In fact, covetousness has been elevated to the point of is now seen as rather than to address it that this is covetousness, it is seen as you wanting God to bless you. Do you understand? Whereas the problem is you are being covetous. The problem is that you're looking at what your neighbor has and you think that you whether or not you should have it, you want it. But the gospel has been taught that yes, anything you desire, pray God will give you. So whereas the truth is there are some things you should not desire based on do you understand? And your motives for desiring something cannot be because your 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 neighbor has it. Or you want to achieve this kind of status. So greed, covetousness, licentious living, lasci- ah, mati- ah. It's terrible. It's really bad. But I think I'll just leave it there. So, hmm. This is really insightful for me because I now realize that this is the problem. This is the problem. So I am, I should not judge, I should set my standard to the standard of Northern Christians and the Bible and not look at the standard that has been set by the church around me. Because if I do that, then I will take what is the barest minimum has become like, um, excellent um, practice of the word of God whereas this is the basics for what any normal responsible citizen even I mean do you understand should be doing and look look at how bad it is when as Christians the basic human because these are these are all natural law um, fundamentals we are not even able to differentiate ourselves even in the practice of the basic natural law. Christians today are not seen as the most truthful. They're not seen as the most transparent. They are not seen as the most sincere. They are not seen as the most honest people. In fact, they are seen as the opposite of all those things. Whereas everybody knows that Christ, Jesus Christ, stood up for all of that. There's a lot of accusations people have made about Jesus. They say he's not the son of God. They say he's not this. They say he's not that. Nobody has ever called him a thief. Or a murderer. That accusation has never even been made. Never. Even by his most violent critics. At best, they will say he, he lied as calling himself the son of God. Even that myself, I've never even heard anybody say it. Rather, they probably think, well, yeah, but some people say he's not the son of God. So they say, yeah, well, he was accused in his day of, of, of not telling the truth about that. But nobody, nobody ever accused him of killing anybody or stealing from anybody. Hmm. I will leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay dated and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.